Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Do you like the great outdoors? Are you or are you looking to be a master bow hunter, king of the hill in archery? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bow Hunter Planet. It's the Bow Hunter Planet podcast with your host, Team BHP. Welcome to the Boner Planet Podcast. Tonight on the show, we have myself, Dave Thomas, and Ron Reslow. Welcome, Ron. First time in a while. I yeah, think. first time ever. With this. Yes, you might step a little close to the mic there, my friend. <laughs> oh, okay. See, I don't know what's going on. We got the famous Kevin Conlon. Hello, hello. And uh, Mr. No Boom himself, the James. <laughs> it's 92 degrees. I got a Slurpee. And uh, anyway, so on this episode, we just wanted to talk about hunting habitat because Ron was actually just recently at his local spot getting the honey hole ready. So, Ron, tell us about what you did at, the, at our honey hole spot, you want to call it, and uh, what you think is going to happen this year because of that. Well, I had to go out there and cut the whole lot, get everything situated. They have a lot of switchgrass out there and scrub brush that's grown everywhere, so I had to cut it all down. I did that like two weeks ago, and then I went out there Monday and recut the area where we're doing uh, two one-acre food plots. At one lot, it's going to be, what is it, brassicas, turnips, hybrid turnips, and rape. And then at the front spot, the soil's a little sandier over there. So I'm putting uh, clover and alfalfa. I'm not sure if the alfalfa is going to grow, but it's just in the mix. You're supposed to plant in the spring, but they said there's a chance it could grow, so I figured I'd give it a shot. But with any luck, they'll be feeding on the uh, clover early on and the rape early on. And once it grows in, the brassicas and rape gets about four inches tall. I'm going to go back out there with some ryegrass and sprinkle it in so that will fill in all the voids and they'll eat the ryegrass from now till probably October. And then late November, the frost will hit and they'll start feeding on the brassicas. We had pretty good luck out there. And was that 2012 yep. the last time I did it? Yeah, absolutely. I just remember there were so many deer that came in that they ate everything. And I remember the, when, the year that you shot that monster deer and didn't get it, missed low. Yeah. But that year, uh, <laughs> it it was the turnips were huge. And I remember they were eating them. I remember half the top was gone. Yeah. And we're like, wow, this is really coming too. This is the year that Chevy plowed the whole lot. Yeah. First time the lot's ever been fully plowed. So the soil was rich and perfect. And there was not a spot that wasn't full of vegetation. I mean, literally, yeah, the whole thing, the whole left side strip, and then the whole uh, honey hole area by Dr. Seuss was all done right. Yeah, know? I wish he could come this year, but I'm just going to be out there with a four uh, four wheeler and the Groundhog Max. But yeah, I, it'll I, just I, take a little longer. That's about it. I think it's definitely um, it's time to get him back out there. I don't know when, but that's definitely time to get a big big machine, big out there. machine out there to turn it over again and start over because. I, I would bet that that land's got to be good for multiple years. It's got mm -hmm. so much richness, and it has not been used by, you know, it's just been grass. I mean, yep, pretty much. I think it's along those lines, Ryan, do you do any soil testing, or are you just kind of done it by ear? How about fertilizing, all that stuff? Or I didn't do any fertilizer, but uh, mm -hmm. I sprayed it with this uh, 
46H and then a bunch of words I can't pronounce for uh, killing off all the vegetation. I did that on Monday, this, this past Monday, well, yesterday. No, today's Wednesday. So, well, anyways, Monday. And I uh, sprayed it all and it kills all the grass. And then by the time I get out there Saturday, it will, uh, too, too far away from the mic. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time I get out there Saturday, it'll all be uh, dead. And then I can just turn it over and it'll act as fertilizer. But I know the soil in the back is very rich and black. But on the front portion of the lot, I think someone must have uh, took all the topsoil out of there because there's a lot of sand in it. So it's hard to get. The only thing I get to grow over there is clover. Yeah, okay. Dave, you remember that, Dave, when we oh, did yeah. that whole side? It was side? a lot of clover. It was all clover, but the rape and everything else wouldn't grow at all. Let's talk about the land itself. I mean, we're talking about 20 acres uh, that is literally in the middle of the city. We would call it an urban landscape. You know, it's urban hunting for sure. And, you know, I, you know, Ryan, you and I grew up hunting together in state lands, and it was a lot of work. I mean, to get bait out there, and that was the only way you're seeing deer on these state lands. And we're talking lands, people here, that have no food source. I mean, acorns, that's about it. Yeah. And knowing what we know today, sure, I would definitely hunt more in the acorn area, but there was no... Um, Concentration of it, that's for sure. No, there's no... Very, fe- there's no spread out. No corn, no soybean, nothing like that. And I remember uh, just very clearly that I hunted on the state land in that area that we always hunted, and uh, I remember going to Sean Miser's house, and one night I saw, <laughs> like, it was like 63 deer or something stupid, like in yeah. one night. And yeah, I, you were I, like a little kid when I talked to you. I know. <laughs> and then when I go back to hunt where we used to hunt, we'd see one deer a year. Mm-hmm. That's how, And that's why people are like, oh, you, you know, QDM, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, are you crazy? I saw one deer a year. Like, I'm not shooting a deer to get my venison. That's all I would see. Just like, Kevin, when you hunt in the UP, it's not like you're seeing tons of deer. And when you and you can't shoot does in the UP during gun season when you were doing it. So, therefore, what, you're going to pass on the buck that comes out? Yeah, you could. I could go a whole seven days and maybe see one deer, and it may or may not be a buck. And that that's with bait, though, right, to get them in? That's baiting. That's, yeah. I mean, and that's just, a lot of work getting up. There. I, I just think that I think that there's a disconnect in the industry, um, in the outdoor world, that people don't really understand, and I think that's the problem. I don't think it's an issue of like people have a lot of lot a lot to say on baiting, but I don't think they understand. Like you can't not bait in certain areas; you're not going to see nothing. I mean, you'd be lucky. You can't. They tell, oh, you can follow the trail, follow where they go. No, that ain't going to happen in in that thicket. That no. I mean. You, you could get a little lucky, don't get me wrong, but like you're not going to, on state land like that that has no food source, it's very difficult to hunt a runway. I mean, well, you're not seeing them like that. Well, not only that, though, that, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you bait them and then you just shoot them. You can bait, like in the UP, <laughs> oh, I yeah. bait all the time and I don't guarantee yeah. you're going to see anything. That's not a lot anything, of money on bait. You know? yeah. I've never, I've never shot one over them. the bait. You know, they're coming at night and having a party and... Batting uh, yeah, right next to the bait pile at night. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. One time, uh, Ron and I, we first start playing around food plots at the at the, the local spot, uh, train station twenty. We uh, we raked out a whole area in the back. Excuse me, a whole area in the back, and we threw down the throw the throw throw and grow, throw and grow whatever throw and grow whatever it was. We fenced it in. Because we're like, and I'm talking about once you move these leaves, this all by hand, you can't get in there with machines. Just black soil. It was pitch black soil. We threw this stuff down, and I'm not exaggerating. Like a week later, it was full green pasture back there. We're like, whoa, this is going to be awesome. I'm hunting the stand right here, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we put cameras up, all this stuff, and literally, no exaggeration, 
opening day of doe season, every single green piece was eaten and gone. And we checked the camera, and they would live there all night, a mother and a baby just eating that all day, every day for like a month straight. No, they never left. They never left. They jumped the fence. Nothing worked. I mean, we tried everything. We don't have 10-foot fences, you know, so no. it didn't work. But it, it would be, can you imagine how good that would be if you could lock it in well, and open it up on, during the season? I I'm can't thinking imagine. Of, I'm thinking about going out there because that's just all covered in leaves and taking a gas leaf blower and just blowing it oh, all yeah. off so I don't have to rake it. And just pr- put the uh, that's for- all you that, would need that Forester Trail clover out there that grows in the shade by Heartland. Yeah, I'm gonna put all that out there too. I think if I think they don't, they don't mow that. Well, how about this? What about this idea? I mean, it's private land, so we can do whatever we want. So, what if you did? What if you did the throw and grow concept, but took that orange wrapping, that orange stuff yep. that you see in construction sites, wrap it around trees around it, and then go up a level. So that you're at like eight, nine feet. Sponsored by VHP, you can do what? that. It can't be that expensive. They come in rolls, right? You just roll it, right, all the way around. And, I mean, it'd be worth trying it. And my oh, point is... I'm sure it would work. Come but... opening day, Bo, man, you open that gate and all of a sudden... Shh. Well, I'm going to do a little test. I'm going to take an area out there on the food plot and just literally take chicken wire and fence off and put a lid on it. And oh, fence you do a lid. Yeah, that's good. And yeah, fence off a, a four-by-four area. Just to see how much the deer are really eating it down. Yeah, that's just kind of like what they do at nature preserves and all that stuff. Seeing how I, the vegetation is affected and whatnot. I can't help but think about this when we're talking about it. Is it keeps coming back to me, the hunting in Ohio that you and I did, oh, yeah. and how we hunted so hard. But how every single night they they didn't have like bait bait uh, baiting there, but they had like uh, uh, mineral slicks uh, things uh, like that. Uh, I that think was, it was mineral sites. They had some uh, sort of sites where they had like uh, I don't know trophy know. rocks out things like that. So we're we're hunting like hard, and and then you would see the trail cam picks. They'd be like every single night, like 160, 150, 170 class bucks just eating right in front of your stand. You see the tree, you see it, you're like, oh my god! And that was last night. So we'd hunt, and Ron, 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 and I would hunt more him than me, but basically all day. You know, like you talk about during gun when you used to sit out there all day. It rained, but every in the day tree we stand, there. freezing, and it was in November. It was the rut. And so we couldn't leave. We're like, we got to sit here. We got to sit here. And it snowed. I just remember being covered in snow. I oh, took the a second picture. trip. The second trip. Second trip I'm, I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. I took That was the rain one you're talking about, the first yeah, one. Yeah, the first but one. But I took a picture of myself just covered in snow. Because, I mean, you couldn't get down. There's nowhere to go, first off. No one to pick you up. You're out there. You're basically there all day. And uh, that being said, you, you would sit there. And I, I saw, I'd see 60 deer uh, sit. Just walk by me, but nothing shootable. You know, you, they always had to be 140 or better, which was killer. But, I mean, they were there. It's not like they weren't there. I mean, that's the thing. It's hard to fight that number when you're seeing them at night. You know, they're there. You just can't get to them, you know. Nope. And Ron. <laughs> 135 <laughs> walked by, 136. I don't. I don't. I don't. Well, I don't. you think, Jamie, maybe they need to be a little less fidgety in the stand? It might be the Netflix. <laughs> This coming here. from the guy, it's like, I'm getting down in two minutes. I ain't seen nothing. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'll be inside eating. <laughs> oh, that's what you guys mean. <laughs> Didn't catch on that. That uh, November trip in Ohio you were talking about, that day when... The uh, first one or second one? The second one. When, um, I think it was like the third day or something, and we were drinking the night before, and I told the guy that I'll sit all day and all this stuff, and he told me I couldn't do it because it was going to be so cold. And I don't, I didn't remember saying it that night. So when I woke up in the morning, he drops me off at this spot, and then Dave and I are in this text group with him, 
And uh, Dave sends a text at like 11.30, hey, come pick me up, I'm frozen. It was like 18 degrees, 25-mile-hour winds, snow bad. on our face. And I sent I... a text, I sent a text, pick me up afterwards. He's like, I, you said you were sitting all day and all this stuff, just yelling at me. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, you know what, I'm going to, forget it. <laughs> Le- leave me. So I have no water, no food, no nothing. So no phone. I, no phone, phone. Dies My phone died. So I, I turned it off at one point so I could at least get a hold of someone at so, the tail end. And I started eating pine needles in the street because right. I was so thirsty. <laughs> and eating <laughs> snow off of my pants. <laughs> I, I remember um, one of the last hunts we were, I was hunting at the, um, I forgot what it was called. Is it called the lodge or the cabin? It was right there on site where we were staying. Remember it was like in the back? White face lived back there? Oh, yeah. That okay. Was, I forgot what so, it was called. So you guys tell me what you think about this. But I was, it kind of threw me off a little bit. But so... I'm in the stand. Uh, I'm in the. I'm trying to think how this went down. Um, that's actually not working right now. That's only for phone. I'm in the stand and uh, I'm waiting to get picked up. It comes. It gets dark out, and I'm like, okay. So I'm sitting there, and I get. I text them. I think I text them, and I, or my phone died. Is one of the two. So I guess here's my question: How long after it's pitch black do you stay in the stand before you get down and walk in? If it's in walking distance, that's my point. As long as there's no deer around the stand, it doesn't matter to me. As long as you're not broadcasting your location. Well, I mean, I kind of got yelled at because I got down, and walked in. That's what I'm trying to understand. I sat there for a half hour in the black in a tree stand, and I'm like, "How much longer am I going to sit here?" Well, you know, he, he was just fussy. That's all it was. Well, I was just trying to figure out if that makes sense, or because like, I, you know, I get it. Like, you don't want to walk through a set, but like, what am I going to do? I'm just going to sit in this tree stand. I don't know what's going you on. You couldn't get well, a hold of him. I think, no, there I was think, no communication. I think it was he was mad because there was like a. Yeah, there was a bedding area that you went through on the way there, <laughs> on the way out. That's why he was pissed. Yeah. There was a bedding area. I don't know. I'm just asking the question. There was a bedding I'm area. You, out you, there. you walked the hey. two track that he had, but either way, the two track went track. through the bedding so, area. And it's true. I think I scared some deer on the way out. Well, but I'm sure my you question to the viewers out there is how long would you sit in the stand? No communication. Don't know what's going on. You're thinking they're going to pick you up, but you can see the cabin from where you're sitting. There's no cars. There's no activity. There's no lights. And you're sitting there. And you know, and I know Ron's at a whole different place with, with the guide. So I have no idea how long it's taking. They could shot a deer fall, I know, and they're going to sit there. What, am I going to sit here the whole night in a tree stand? I'd have got down. That's what I'm yeah. saying. And then what? I'm down. Do I just sit in the dark and no, just sit by a tree? No, walk in. That's what I'm saying. It's a two-track all the way around to the cabin. Yeah. So I, of course I was walking in. I'm the customer. Yeah, I'm sorry. He was supposed uh, to be guiding us. You left the decoy out there. Was, what am I, I'm not going to carry a decoy. <laughs> I'm, I paid to be there. I'm not carrying a decoy yeah. 500 yards. There's no way. you guys end up going? Take your machine, go get it. I'm not going to carry no decoy. I should have left my gear there and tell them to pack that out, too. <laughs> <laughs> sorry is, to, sorry who, to the guys out there. Who is paying who there? <laughs> uh, that's what I'm saying. <clears throat> yeah, that was fun. The, but the first trip we went to Ohio, I'll never forget it, man. Uh, Ron and I, were, when those last night were there, it was a horrible hunt. I mean, we never got... We, do we? Oh, we sat together for a lot of hunts. We thought it was going to be, like, easy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ron... <laughs> Well, I'll never forget because it was freezing this one morning. You got in this tree, and the tree was like this. Like, it was a straight pole, no cover, and the stands were like this on opposite sides. So, Ron, you get up there, and it was kind of scary. Right? Like, you definitely wanted your harness, you know? We're like, oh, yeah. Sitting there, and you're, it's like tilted forward. You hate that feeling, right? You're like, oh, my gosh, this is not good. And then Ron's talking to me, doing, like, an interview, and then he drops his glove. <laughs> it was so cold. And he's like, drop the glove. And then I think that's where we got rained on bad. So last night comes, it starts pouring, downpour. So the guy's like, you guys want to go out or what do you want to do? And we're like, 
it's the last night. We don't have a choice. So we went out in the rain. I put this GoPro on my head. I'm following him. Pouring rain. And I'm just like, I got, we had that rain stuff on. Remember oh, yeah. the Arctic Shield? Arctic Shield, yeah. And it was like the rain gear. You know, you've had, you guys use that. Onyx. It's awesome. It worked great. Like, everything was just falling off. So we get to this edge of this field, and it goes up. This ramps up this this big incline. And uh, and there's a stand that's right on the edge, by, right where we walked in. It wasn't, it was a little stand. And so Ron's like, let's go check up up the hill. So we creep up the hill quietly because it's raining. I mean, who knows? It could be a deer anywhere. So we get up to the top of the hill. There's a huge scrape. Right, that there was like three. It was like a a community scrape, and then two other scrapes right by it. It was like insane. So it was like the the scrape was the size of a hood of a truck. It was enormous. it was huge. I remember that. And you're like, I'm sitting here. There's nowhere you can sit here. You have to go down. I'll film myself. I'll be like, okay. So I have no bow. So I go down to the bottom, <laughs> back down to this front stand. I sit down. It's pouring. It's just pouring rain. And then um, I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I look up, and I it's pouring. I see this white this white. And, and it's moving. And I'm like, is that a bird? I don't even know what I'm looking at. And it's like, it's, it's all brush. And then all of a sudden I see it. This buck stands up. And it's this massive rack. Comes over this bushes. All I see is the rack. And it's white. Pure white. And it's all like reddish bushes. And you see this pure white. And you see the, the thing turn. You know, I'm like, oh my God. So I'm texting around. I'm like, there's one in front of me. And then this thing. And then it comes out. And then another one pops up. So, so there's bigger. A, a bigger one. Like a 150 class buck. Yeah. Pops, pops up. 130 pops up. A 150 and a doe. And then at some point, the two bucks are going. The does in between them. They look like they're going to fight. They're like going right next to each other. I got this on video. When you can see the video online, I'll try to put it in the description. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is going down. I'm texting around. I'm like, you missing out? This is going down. you see this? He's like, I don't see nothing. I couldn't see him at all. And so, they like ended up getting 40 yards from you on top of it. Oh, yeah. Then, then finally, they, they, they pass each other. They don't fight. And the, the big buck comes right down the trail right at me. And he comes right in front of me, broadside, and stops at about 45 yards. Broads, a huge body. And I was thinking, this is a pop shot with that kind of body. You know, well, you're going to hit this deer. But he's looking right at Ron. He's looking up into that I area. I was grunting up there and rattling. Oh, that's what it was. was. See, I think that might have messed you up, though, because he probably was going to that scrape. Could have been. Because, you know what I mean? If it's it's hit or miss with that rattling stuff. Correct, man. but it was raining hard, you know. And, and I think that what happened was he heard you. He stood still. In in the video, you, you can't tell, but he stood there for like ten minutes solid, didn't move. Ten minutes, he just stood there staring up towards the towards the top of the ridge. And I'm like, man, if I just had a bow, if I just had a bow right now, this is be a pop shot, you know. And I probably would have missed because it'd be so my my heart was pounding, you know. And I was just like, because <laughs> we're waiting for these big bucks, and all of a sudden here it was finally last day last of the hunt. day naturally. And of course I don't have a bow, and he's got the bow, and he's at the top of the. But uh, anyway, so it turns and, and walks fast, like back the way it came. So obviously the one grunt came off, didn't work, or something happened. Yeah. But that's always a good example of grunting. and Yeah, grunting works sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't. It, he must, you know, Same I, thing with sense. Well, he must have been a less dominant buck, even though he was bigger, because obviously the two bucks in the beginning, he passed by that buck. He didn't fight him. He didn't attempt to fight him. He avoided him. So obviously he wasn't looking for a fight. You know, he wasn't hormoned up yet or whatever he wasn't ready you know whereas that buck was like you, you know he's getting ready i could tell you like because the one buck went this way he shadowed him like this and like you know they're going like this and this one turned off and went around gave him a space <laughs> but man that was exciting oh yeah that was a good hunt it was, was exhausting, but it was a good hunt. I don't think I was ever more mad at you than I was that moment. I'm like, <laughs> why did he just sit here? We could have both said that one had two stands. Yeah, I know. The other one didn't, but I was so obsessed with that giant scrape and the other two scrapes and the rubs hey, that were all over the place. That's the story of your life. Yep. 
<laughs> when it comes to out of town hunting. Yes, out of town hunting. I'm so what you got coming up, Reslo? Yeah, Illinois. Illinois and twenty five and I'll probably go up to uh Hubbard Lake this year. Yeah, uh, no, uh, Jay yep. wants to get on here with you, talk some stories. He already gave a couple stories. Yeah, there's and, some uh, funny stories up there. Yeah, just a ton of. We're gonna sw- we're uh, going on a golf trip in August, so we're up in uh, Boyne. Boyne, yep. That's and awesome. we're gonna travel across the state and hit Hubbard Lake on the way back. I got a trail camera out there since November 12th last year, and it's that lights out <laughs> one. So the batteries last a year, and I put a 64 gig card in it. Yeah. So. Hopefully, was it solar? No, it's, the battery life lasts a oh, year, lithium. so I'm good. But um, I'm gonna have a Sasquatch on there. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be cool if there's a cougar on there. Oh, they're they've there. been they've been sighting cougars. You gotta so. start writing the right kind of pack. Yeah, but add a, add something to your uh, pioneer pack yeah. on the neck. Yeah, <laughs> cover yourself, man. Handgun. That nah, won't help you when they get you. You won't, yeah. you won't know what happened. They'll be over. All this. I mean, how many times? I mean, that's very rare. I mean, I don't have heard anybody dying from a cougar in Michigan, have you? I mean, I they just now said they exist. No, I haven't heard that. It'd be a fitting yeah. end. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, you guys ever heard of a, uh, um, it's called uh, forest bathing? I'm bringing this up on every podcast tonight. No. No. Forest bathing? It's, j- it's from Japan. Is it like a, like a snipe hunt? No, I mean, you would first think it's something to do with washing yourself, but it is, but washing yourself with nature. So basically, you can hire a, a forest bather. <laughs> They're like a guide, and they take you in the woods, and they just have you stand there and breathe the air and actually pay attention to the nature. I like how you made your voice go low. And you pay them? How about this is and the only one we use that on? <laughs> no, because it's interesting that people can make money doing very stupid things. And it's funny to me because it's it's one of those things where people do need that. I agree. It's just it's unfortunate that people don't recognize hunting or are scared of hunting or getting is, outdoors. It's, is this where you ask me if I want to go camping? And if I blah, blah, blah? <laughs> I don't know what you're getting at, but the answer is no. <laughs> do you want to go forest bathing? All right, guys. If you want to go forest bathing, go up to White River or Quebec. That's where you there you go. Bathing. It's like Fred Bear said. They drop you off and you are alone. Getting to nature. Breathe some fresh air. Be scared a little bit. Yeah, that, uh, That's all I got for tonight. Okay. Anybody else got anything else they want to talk about? Nobody has said nothing in this podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm just enjoying Ron's stories. He's oh. enjoying, it's it's he's exhilarating. In, he's enjoying his Slurpee. Yeah. I know. He's just slurping it down. Care less about the conversation. Mm-hmm. It's so rude. He had to plug in his mic because he was slurping. I think so we should just unplug it. Yeah, yeah we're to unplug it's it. It's hard to get in a word edgewise with you and your forest bathing story. And uh, we don't have enough time to talk about it, but there's some other stuff we need to talk about on different podcasts. But um, anyway, thanks for tuning into the Bowhunter Planet podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHB. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.